Good evening, Taipei. Welcome to Dunky Very Much, Central Taipei's number one English language NBA podcast. Your host, Sam Yarbs. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Matthew Von Rain. Yeah, popular NBA coach got fired this week. Hard to believe David Fisdell, once like the young gun, the, the most sought-after coach, got fired. And people are really kind of feeling sorry for him. Did he deserve it? Did he get pushed out by Gasol? But I got five million reasons why he's doing okay. <laughs> you know, when coaches get fired, when we talk about the, you know, you know, is a travesty, is it fair or not? Like, we should remember these players are, or sorry, these coaches are getting paid every single dollar that they are owed. Guaranteed. Five million dollars over two years. That's fifty-three times the average salary of Americans per year. At, uh, and I uh, bet he gets health care. I bet that <laughs> motherfucker gets health care. Doesn't included. Yeah, the average American salary this this uh, last past year was uh, forty four thousand one hundred forty eight dollars, which little known fact is twice as much as Sam and I make. Hey, hey, hey easy now. But yeah. hey, Sam, the poverty line's coming up. I see it. If we just work hard, we can get past that. Poverty We're gonna line. break through that poverty line, motherfucker. Hey, we get health care. We're in Taiwan. Yeah, we get that Taiwan health care. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk Fizdale today. Yeah. Uh, in today's pod, we're going to go over uh, DeAndre Jordan. The hot stove is heating up, uh, and DeAndre Jordan uh, landing spots. It seems like he might He's be gone. on the move. He might be gone. That's the way the wind is blowing. Where is he going to end up? For what kind of return? Uh, that's going to be what we're going to talk about to start the pod. We're going to go over the Fizdale firing and the reaction from the Fizdale firing. And then it was something a little bit fun, uh, talking about LeBron James uh, and the possibility that uh, LeBron James might go multi Generational in the NBA. I think it's going to happen. I think it's just a matter of how and when. The James family. Will James play with his son? That's for the end of the pod. Stick around uh, and check out. Look for us this week. Uh, we'll be dropping the second part of our interview with Brandon Thompson. The first part dropped this weekend. We went over uh, Brandon Thompson's lifetime love of the Toronto Raptors. And the second part, we go to the court of Brandon Thompson, where Matt and I go head-to-head. One of us came out a big winner. I'm not going to spoil it, who, who, that, who that was. It was a sweep one way or the other. <laughs> one way or the other, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. If you listen to our trivia pod, it was the same fucking winner. Christ. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we're going over. Uh, let's, let's start off with the uh, the DeAndre Jordan Matt, This has been the talk in the NBA. What what, what have you been hearing? And what are your what are your top of the line takes on the DeAndre Jordan buzz? Yeah. So about two weeks ago, when this first came out that he might be on the trade market, the, the talk was around Tristan Thompson and a pick for DeAndre. Since then, Blake has been ruled out for three months. Beverly's out for the year. I mean, this the, the Clippers team has just gone in a horrible direction, oh especially goodness. for anyone who took their over on the wins total. Oh, yeah, with a level of three confidence levels. <laughs> Shit. I was very confident in that. I was really excited for it. And, uh, you know, Gallinari, of course, is injured. Yeah. Did he ever play? I don't think he ever actually saw yeah. for a play. <laughs> is he still in the league yet? What's I going mean, on? this team is a... It's just a, just a, a tire fire. I think, yeah. oh. speaking of fire, I think the coach is, he's gone. Maybe maybe now at the end of the season, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it makes sense that your only asset really on the team now mm-hmm. is DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, Blake's on that long-term deal and can't stay healthy. Right, like I don't know yeah. who... Jerry West walked into, I mean, talk about a guy. He came over kind of to direct the this kind of a rebuild or like mm-hmm. semi-rebuild as right. it were. And uh, he got, he's got his hands full, man. Jerry, you got more than you bargained for maybe right there. Yeah. Well, last summer, I, when the CP3 trade went down, I was the first one that I heard to say that uh, the Clippers won that trade. This is before mm. CP3 got injured. Absolutely. Because yeah. I thought it added them depth. So 
now maybe we can see some of that depth. You know, maybe we can see these young guys. It's Montrezl Harrell time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sam yeah. Decker. <laughs> yeah. Those guys look good coming off the bench. I don't know if those guys look good as starting lineup for the LA Clippers. That's tough. But I think when you're the Clippers, like now, I think it's, now's the time to trade DeAndre. He's only got half a year left on his contract. He could yeah. opt into his contract next year, which he won't, unless a tragedy happens mm-hmm. injury-wise. I think if you can get any assets, you, you do it. And uh, yeah. so the, the the big story coming out this week is there are four suitors. Apparently, Clippers Ooh. are open to shopping. I love it when there's many suitors. There's I love that. multiple suitors. I love the Raptors, Wizards, T Wolves, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Same so we've way. got two, three of the of the of those of those top five Eastern Conference teams. At least mm-hmm. preseason, the way we figured that would shake out. Yep. And that makes sense. Those teams are looking for a big guy to push them over the top to get in that mix. Uh, uh, top of the Eastern Conference, definitely devoid of those of, the, of those kind of big guys. Interesting, and then the, and then the T Wolves is kind of a is kind of an interesting outlier. So yeah, I think they're the fifth seed now in the West. They're looking to make a little jump. Definitely, but as we talked about in our last pod, that that middle that the middle class of the Western Conference is, is thick, <laughs> thick this year. It's a, th- a thick soup that will definitely shake itself out. It's a gravy even though almost. we're close to yeah, the gravy, a nice a nice roux, a nice gumbo. Um, so why don't we start with the uh, with, which the team that seemed to be the early front runner, though the other teams have, have lately thrown their hat into the ring, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. What kind of a package do you see DeAndre uh, fetching the Clippers from the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, sources say, hey, and that apparently it's been uh, multiple sources say that Many Clippers, sources. Clippers Many want sources. two of the three of John Henson, uh, starting point guard, makes $11 million a year, scores six points, six rebounds a game. Uh, I think he's a below average player. Uh, they, or Malcolm Brogdon, mm-hmm. uh, last year's Rookie of the last Year. Last year's Rookie of the Year. Uh, I mean, but, last year's Runner-Up Rookie of the Year, Ben Simmons, in my mind, has been given <laughs> the Rookie of the Year. But yeah, anyway. Good, good. And also last year's starter, now Bledsoe took his role. Mm. Or uh, Chris Middleton. Guy, Chris Middleton, who's, yeah. the, who's probably the only stud among the three, but they went two of the three. Two of the three. That's such a weird group to say two of those three. Is that, <laughs> does that seem weird to you? It would be like if I, like, hey, like for your birthday or something like that, your girl was like, I'll take you out. I'm not like... We can go to like we can go to Ruth Chris Steakhouse, yeah. Or you know, or, or we can we can go we can go to Din Tai Fung and have yeah. some of the original. Or we could go to Chili's. <laughs> like you know, you're like 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 you choose to like to, like one of those is obviously a horrible. Like if you're getting two two of the three, obviously Henson's got to be one of those two that you're getting rid of, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like that guy is way significantly worse than the other ones, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think Middleton is like he's a pretty, pretty Middleton's pretty stud a stud player. Stud. Yeah. Middleton is a player like. You can in two thousand seventeen. You can't have enough of like these like this like six foot six ish range. Like can switch, defend multiple positions, knock down three pointers. Like he is an asset that absolutely every team would want. But I think he's, I think he's head and shoulders above Brogdon, who is also head and shoulders above above uh, Henson. It's such a weird list. There's, there's a pecking order. For sure. Such a weird list, you know. So what do you think about from the the Bucks perspective? Like, do you think for six months of DeAndre? Mm-hmm. Possibly he opts in, but yeah. the problem is he doesn't have an agent. He's one of the few NBA players who doesn't have an agent, and the NBA is all about back channeling. Mm-hmm. Well, how come CP3 <laughs> knew he was going to go to Houston before? Weird, yeah. How that worked? <laughs> the trade yeah. deadline started. Yeah. How, how come everyone knows LeBron's going to LA? How many three guys from Clutch all end up on the Lakers like before the season? So, like, exactly. We're like, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you got to have the back channels. You got to have like the deniability. And he doesn't have it, so there's no way teams can reach out and gauge. Hey, will you sign? 
Right. We opted. Would country. you be interested in staying in, in Milwaukee long term? Yeah. Like, uh, can you? Is it a rental that's a, that's or a necessary contract? Yeah, you've got to check that out, especially given DeAndre's free agency history. Is this a guy that you can take at his word? I yeah. mean, they famously, you know, uh, <laughs> was, 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 was to the Dallas Mavericks, was there. We all remember what happened next, the tweet storm that followed. Uh, but that was the start of the banana boat meme, everything like that started up. I mean, it was just... Uh, uh, you know, the fame, like Blake Griffin posting the pic of him, the, the chair being locked behind the door. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who the is NBA flight to Dallas. notoriously flaky. If you're associated flakiness in the NBA, it'd be with DeAndre. So I don't even know if you have that back channel. Can you even trust what you're hearing from there? What do you think if you're Milwaukee? Man, I'm interested to hear your take, Matt, because you're, you, you're up on this. I mean, they got Giannis locked up for four more years. This is like one of those things where, like, I think sometimes the media overreacts when they say, like, they got to make Anthony Davis happy or Giannis happy or he's mm-hmm. going to leave. Like, you got him locked up for four more years. Yeah. If you can make him really happy in his fourth year, he's probably going to resign. Yeah. I mean, build around your young team. Yes. If Middleton is on, uh, what, uh, part of the demand. But if not, you do have some uh, interesting roster spots that uh, mm. I think you could trade. Here's a trade I like. I like... Giving up Thon, do you think they would give up Thon McCurr, or is that too much? I think they're pretty invested in him. Okay, yeah. I think that's part he's of this. A guy they he's... see as their long term. He shoots a lot of threes. Okay. He's tall, but he's not. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, it's interesting. Right. I'll talk about it. We'll take him off the table then. Okay, so you get rid of John Henson. So mm-hmm. now Clippers have their starting center uh, John, for, yeah. for the next three years. Giannis is going to drive you to the airport. Actually, <laughs> uh, yeah, John, good luck. Yeah, Matthew Delladova. Making $9 million a year. This is mm-hmm. obviously a player who's not lived up to his contract, mm-hmm. but you have to make the salaries work. You've got to get right. to $22 million. So these two players are about $20 million. Then you throw in Brogdon, who is, I mean, last year you won the, won the Rookie of the Year. I think people, uh, I mean, the Rookie of the Year has not gone on to do like, great things in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyreek Evans and Darius Arthur. Hey, 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 hey. like, people they, watching Memphis games object to that. Tyreek's a super sub. It doesn't mean a lot, but it's like... I think he, he could be the prize in this trade. And for yeah. the, the Clippers, you're, you're pretty much getting rid of uh, you're, you're getting rid of it, your asset at the last chance to get any value of it. Mm-hmm. And you're getting back two rotational players in John Henson and Matthew Deladova who are a little bit overpaid. But if you're the Clippers and you just got Jerry West there, I don't think you want a full rebuild. And plus, you got Brogdon if you do. I don't think Henson and... Uh, oh, you say, you're saying Henson, Deladova, and, and Brogdon. Brogdon. Yeah, yeah. So more than two of the three, because uh, well, if I heard two of the three, I think that Henson and, and, and Brogdon would get it done, but then they'll have done for the salaries. Yeah, so. you, you got to get to around $22 million for the Ooh, salaries to work. I don't like... I don't like the Bucks giving away Brogdon. I don't like that. Like I, I, this league, like he's a he's a size he's a rangy sizey point guard. Mm-hmm. Like he's a switch he's a switchable point guard. I think that's really really valuable. It might be more valuable than some of the skills that even um, that even Jordan brings to the table at this point. But I do think that the Bucks need a guy. They need like the Bucks are an interesting team. They are so long and rangy on D. Yeah, tell me about it. It's crazy. They dominated yeah. Portland twice. Twice this season. I mean, and Brutal. literally like, like you could not be more like brutally emphatic that like we are long enough size at the end of the game that was in Milwaukee when they just mug Portland. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, McCollum got mugged by Giannis, takes off of the breakaway dunk, then runs down and stuffs the game-winning shot with his seven-foot crazy wingspan. They're a long-rangey team, but they're strangely not physical right. for such a long-rangey team. Uh, ever since they lost Monroe, they don't have, like, 
Thonmaker is you know is is you know nominally their 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 biggest their their best big man uh, with John Henson and stuff like that. Those are both guys you can put your shoulder into. You can run into those guys. Yeah. They are long, but they are thin, and they mm. can be moved around and pushed around. DeAndre is like a piece. That, then now this team starts to remind me of that Oklahoma City team with Durant that lost to Golden State in seven games mm. that was long and bothered everyone on defense, but they had Steven Adams as that kind of like rock in the middle. Yeah, and couldn't okay. be pushed around and moved. DeAndre in there. I really like DeAndre on this team. So do I. Yeah, I think it fits so well. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting to, to see a team pick up a Bledsoe and DeAndre in the same year. That'd be such a I think it'd be a good move. But you worry about a team like you said, like Giannis is there for four years. These are these the kind of short term deals that end up. Does this become like a Cleveland Lebron, mm-hmm. Le Cleveland Lebron Part One situation, where they're desperately making deals, signing aging Shaq and stuff like that to to make Lebron happy short term and end up. Uh, mortgaging the future of their team, I'd love to. I'd, I'd almost rather see if like if maybe Jerry was more interested in like do they have their do they have their first and second round pick? Is like Henson would would Henson and uh, and Delavadova and a pick get it done? Or would Henson Delavadova and a second? Probably not enough. Probably not enough. I think it would have to be a first because I think Henson and Delavadova are both minus players. They're yeah. the worst <laughs> yeah. average rotational players and. Their salaries are okay at uh, eleven for Henson and yeah. nine million for Deladova, but uh, I think there have to be a su- yeah the sweetener. What's the sweetener? Is it a pick? Maybe that could get it done, mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, it might have to be a. a I mean, player. their pick won't be great anyway. So for Milwaukee, maybe you can you can talk yourself into giving. I mean, it you're right. Picks. We circle back to the point where you have DeAndre, like, and you have no way of having assurances that this guy will stay beyond the year. Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to mortgage? This guy would be a great fit for your team. L.A. to Milwaukee is a fucking jump. <laughs> that is a change of pace. Yeah. That is a change of pace, man. Wow. Uh, interesting. Well, maybe we can't really fully analyze this until we start to look at some of the other teams that are suitors and talk about what kind of packages they might be able to put together to really kind of see like you know what, what they're dealing with. Because we know the, the, the market dictate, dictates the context. Yeah. Absolutely. We're always surprised a couple of times a year where a uh, DeMarcus Cousins goes for Buddy Heald and awesome yeah. and then uh, yeah. you know uh, Paul George goes for a cap filler. It, yeah, well look at this offseason. You got yeah. Paul George and Chris Paul with those with those trades and you know Paul George getting traded, Jimmy Butler getting traded, those those trades being judged as not enough and then Kyrie gets traded for the Brooklyn pick and Isaiah and like right. all these trades yeah, they all happen in totally different contexts. So uh, let's look at the context surrounding here. Uh, should we move on to the other when I think of the Milwaukee, let's talk about the other Eastern Conference teams. What, what would the Wizards put together? Is yeah. Porter too much? So, way too much. Yeah. And I think the Wizards and the Raptors have a similar problem where they're a little bit too top-heavy. Yeah, well, then. If they're trading for uh, DeAndre, that means they want to win now. So, yeah. they're not putting in either of these three teams. Or, sorry, either of these two teams are not putting in one of their big three. Right. There's no Lowry... There's no uh, Beal yeah. or DeRozan. Like n- none of these players are in there. Doesn't make sense. Trade one good right. player for another good player. But at, after their sort of big three, like who's good on their team? Mm. It, I mean, Kelly Oubre is a is a possibility. I, right. I, I think he's played well. You know, Kelly Oubre, a pick and Gortat. I, I think maybe could get mm. it done. 
That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Polish, the Polish hammer out. The Polish hammer, yeah. He's got such good chemistry with Wall, but, I mean, I mean, I think Wall would develop chemistry quite well with DeAndre. Yeah. And DeAndre would enjoy the, one of the assist leaders in the league, uh, uh, like kind of a less demanding Chris Paul, <laughs> a less yelly Chris Paul, yeah. and faster. <laughs> and then same with the T-Wolves. The like, you have your, your big We're talking T-Wolves or Raptors? Sorry, same with the T-Wolves. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. just switch over. To yeah, the let's talk about that. The other suitor, just... I think, you know, you, you've already traded away Chris Dunn and Levine, and these are kind of like your young lottery picks that you can make a trade for. Yeah. Now it's like when people look at your roster to trade, like, okay, we want Wiggins or Towns or Butler. Yeah, yeah. And like, well, we don't, we're not going to give up these three players. Yeah, we're trying we, to we'll win. We'll give yeah. you our, like, overpaid bench guys, and yeah. they don't want them. So, I mean, unless if it's picks, I don't really see how these three suitors really make sense. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they have quite as much. Let's look at it from the other way. Let's, let's briefly uh, mirror this. Let's switch it around. Yeah. Just from a fit standpoint, mm-hmm. which team do you think benefits the most from adding DeAndre? Outside of the Bucks. Uh, outside of the Bucks? Yeah, they think oh, okay. the, so you think exactly. the Bucks are I far and away. Bucks, far and away, yeah. I agree. I think the Bucks far and away would be the most. Uh, the, the T-Wolves make the least sense to me. Mm. What do you think is motivating the T-Wolves for this? Yeah, I mean, they... They just want a big man who can play defense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's better than waiting for Cat to learn defense. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they, they have some bigs on their roster. It doesn't make a ton of sense. I, I think, I think I like the fit with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. It just you know, how how does it really make sense? I think Ubre pick and Gortat makes sense, yeah. and then you switch them in. But uh, yeah, I love having like I, I I really want the Wizards to like as as a Western as as a Celtics fan. I don't want them to. I want them to get a skilled big. Mm. DeAndre is, a, I think, a, an elite big. I don't think he's a skilled big. Um, I would Only love to see him get lob. A, Yeah, exactly. He's a lob dunk finisher, you know, high and 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 a, and a great elite defensive uh, anchor. Yeah. Um, and with Wall and him, like Wall's chase down blocks, like that, that, like they will probably lead the league in blocks. For sure. They're the point guard and and their and their center get that many blocks. It's crazy. Um, Toronto, I don't really, I don't quite get it. They have a like a I would say kind of an above average big man in, in Big Jonas, but certainly not the same kind of pick and roll rim runner I guess. And uh, then are you gonna play Ibaka and Jordan together? And if not, then yeah. it doesn't make sense. I, I don't understand yeah. how their names really in that. It's hat. weird. I mean, it's all of this relies on DeAndre also going to these teams and like it's kind of like the the Dwight dilemma where it's like you you know that when Dwight was at the peak of his powers though he's kind of rediscovered a little bit of that. But anyway, but when he was at the peak, you always hoped you got Dwight who understood his role. Right. Like, you just be the best shot blocker, rebounder, rim runner, pick and roll guy you can be. But Dwight wanted his touches. Is DeAndre going to want to be, if, this, if he goes to Toronto, does he see himself as the best player on that team? You know, uh, I, I would worry about that. It's a contract year for him as well, too. I'd worry about that if I was yeah. the Raptors, for sure. Hmm. Uh, I think Milwaukee, by far and away, makes the most sense. That doesn't mean it's what's going to happen. We've seen anything in the NBA this last year. What makes the most sense does not necessarily what's going to happen. So okay, so how about most exciting out of those four? Because I, I would say Milwaukee because I think they're mm. they're struggling. They're around five hundred. Yeah, strangely, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure what happened. I think uh, I've ridden the roller coaster all season. I, I win uh, the first three games. And like like, half of their wins Indians. are against Portland, right? Yeah, like, yeah, really. was, yeah. I, don't I don't know, know how, how they played them ten times already this year. It's crazy. But, uh, uh, all of their wins are against Portland. Um, I think it would be really exciting just to see that team get rejuvenated. But then the same thing with Bledsoe. But I thought like, Bledsoe would yeah, rejuvenate exactly. them. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a very something, strange... Something strange is going something on Something strange. There. And Giannis is like screaming at assistant coaches, right? Yeah. See that? He's like, I will fuck you up to assistant coach. Like... Uh, 
He's learned English really well. That's good. Yeah, but, I appreciate uh, it. Um, I, that team might need a coaching. I don't know. We'll talk. We'll, we'll get into that maybe when we get into coaching. Mm. How would I? How do I on that team? Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, transition. The guy I picked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most exciting to just quick. Yeah, probably Milwaukee. Um, I would like to see the Wizards mix it up. Yeah, they're kind of running it back with the same group, and 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 they've been they've been the kind of the team that improves by player progression. It'd be mm-hmm. nice to see them make a move. I wish their move wasn't DeAndre as a fan of like the NBA. I'd love to see right. Wall play with an elite big. I'd love to see Wall play with Boogie. Cousins, yeah, yeah, I'd love to sure. see Wall play with Boogie. That'd be so fun. Uh, as a Celtics fan, it'd be terrifying, but it'd be so fun. Right. Um, and uh, so anyway, yeah, that, that yeah that uh, Minnesota makes no sense. I'm so out on Minnesota. I'm so done. Yeah, on Minnesota, they're trash. I think the Western Conference is trash this year. Um, <laughs> the Lakers team are my, my my thoughts on the Lakers are clear. Yeah, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of the Western Conference. Yeah, after our last podcast, I thought of a really good drinking game for all of our listeners. Just every time Sam says the word trash, you take a shot. <laughs> take a shot. And you write down. You have a designated driver before you, <laughs> before you do that. Yeah. These guys are fucking trash. Yeah, Ingram fucking drops 32 on the Warriors like the day after I say he's trash and fucking, yeah, loses in that duel but looks like a fucking stud. He's still trash. He's fucking That was pretty wild. After our last <laughs> podcast where we uh, pitched ideas to local celebrity uh, Brandon, Brandon Thompson, Thompson yeah. Uh, the very next day... Sam's prediction of LeBron going to the 76ers All was of a like looks confirmed a little... by sources say they are going to pursue LeBron James this offseason. And uh, my, uh, my, my take that Ben Simmons is the best young guy to start a franchise around mm-hmm. and that Brandon Ingram is better than Jason Tatum. Ingram scores, or sorry, yeah, Ingram scores, what, 38, and Simmons scores 29. Yeah. It's just the next day, it was like, Looking, it was such a ridiculous day. It was such a ridiculous day, yeah, yeah, it was like, literally all of our points being like me being thoroughly refuted on some, but that 76 is one. Oh, no, yeah. Looking like, a lot was, better. Yeah. Looking a lot better. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, how did I know that this was going to be a thing before it was a thing? I'm not saying, I have a line conduct in my phone, it's saved as bay. I'm not <laughs> saying it's JJ Redick. I'm, I'm not saying it's not JJ Redick. I'm just Good saying... Thing. There's a line contact in my phone saved this bay. Possible um, future guest. <laughs> yeah. So talking about coaching, uh, we, we, we mixed it up with Minnesota right there. The biggest coaching news was the uh, was was the firing of, of, of Dave Fisdale from the Memphis Grizzlies. The coolest and NBA the, coach. Yeah, take that for data. Take that for data. And the follow-up, uh, the ensuing uh, the ensuing follow-up of NBA stars around the league uh, mm. kind of chiming in on his, yeah. on his, on his firing. Uh, uh, what, what, what's your take? Was, uh, what, what happened here? They rooked him. They rooked him. Yeah, they rooked him. Damn it. happens, rookie? <laughs> it's wild. I think, uh, I mean, no one would have expected this. They were on an eight-game losing streak, so mm. there's sort of a little bit of justification. Yeah. But as far as, like, a guy who you thought would be fired, a coach you thought would be fired, I mean, he's way down the list. Like He was no, he would like, be nowhere near our hot seat. No way. No way. His seat is ice cold. But, uh, Alvin Gentry still has the job. <laughs> like, Alvin uh, Gentry yeah. still has the job. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, but so what's really interesting to look back is this franchise. Mm. So Lionel Hollins, he got fired after a fifty-six win season, mm-hmm. in which they went to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and they fired him. Yeah. What's that? What yeah. were you expect? Yeah. It's not re-signed. It's fired a guy who's still under contract. Like I yeah. understand, like. Should we go all in? Is this, is this our guy? Like, that, that's a that's a fair question. Like, is yeah. this guy brought us to our peak, in the Western Conference Final? Yeah. No, this guy's under contract. You can just bring him back for the money you owe him. Yeah. And 
Then they had Jaeger for three years. Yeah. He had two 50-plus win seasons, and they fired him. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, just a little, a little bit of craziness that uh, this is uh, above our pay scale, but Robert Perez, the majority owner, mm. and in this contract he has with his minority owners, mm. on October 26th, mm-hmm. there's a 60-day window in which... One side has to buy out the other side. So they have to buy out, the minority owners have to buy out Robert Perra. Okay. Or, or Robert Perra gets to buy them out. To buy. So you're talking about minority owners trying to buy up like 60% of an NBA franchise value that. Yeah. A billion. Probably, yeah. Fucking or, like are or, yeah. What kind of crazy contract is this? This is not a life samurai left. Yeah, this is that. Yeah. paid cash for half his job. Yeah, I get paid. I keep my savings are in a drawer. <laughs> Literally. And these people are signing contracts where yeah. they send the contract. In two years, we'll have a 60-day window in which one of in us must we can buy it. It'll conquer be the, the other one. We will call it the rapture. Like, what the fuck? Like, people with money are crazy, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a bizarre situation, man. And uh, it's, it's a weird firing. And, like, obviously, the you know, the immediate, like, so people... Yeah, were equally skeptical and wondering why, and the immediate was turned. There was his relationship with Marc Gasol, right? Uh, you know, obviously the 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 franchise player, uh, the best player in the team, debatably with Mike Conley. I would yeah. say I think Conley's an amazing player. Um, so, like, uh, what do you think? What do you think about that? Like, when when you have like, it seemed like from all reports it was very sour. Um, the relationship was really really bad. Like, is that a good enough reason you think for firing Fizz? His press conference was pretty crazy. I don't know if you, you heard it, but... So, he didn't play any of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. in which they lost a game to the Brooklyn Nets by mm-hmm. 10 points. <laughs> so, it's a... Uh, it's pretty... The high-flying Brooklyn Nets. Come on, let's... Yeah. And uh, so, twice he went to the scorer's box like to check in yeah. at his usual times, and the coach told him to sit down. But twice mm-hmm. he stood up, yeah. went to the scorer's table... And was told to sit down. Afterwards, he said, they knew this would hurt me the most. They would never do this to Mike Connolly. And the PR staff was just, okay, no more questions. And he's like, no, no, I want to keep answering questions. Apparently, he usually does about two minutes. He's a kind of pretty quiet guy. Mm. He did about ten minutes. Mm. The PR staff multiple times tried to end the interview. He Mm. said, no, no, I'm staying. Ask me more questions. So it, it kind of is like a line in the sand. I don't know that they had to choose one or the other. You know, I think no one yeah. really outside of their, uh, their locker room really knows that, but it's yeah. pretty surprising. And if they did have to choose one or the other, did they choose the right one? That's interesting. Uh, I, like, first of all, like, I don't... We don't know. We don't have sources in Memphis. We don't know how Chris bad Vernon. this was. Yeah, we Next, get yeah, at us. Get at us. Come on, Chris. Yeah. Thank you very much. We, you're invited on the pod at any point, man. Yeah, hit us up. Um... We don't know how bad that relationship was. Like, uh, the Spanish are notoriously emotional people. They're very, they're, 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 they're passionate. They're passionate, exactly. Like, come on. Like, could, like, we don't know. Like, there's two ways to look at Is this something that could be resolved with, like, a day away from each other and then, like, an ownership? Like, this is where you go back to that weird ownership situation. If you have that strong ownership in, in, in place, they can take you both out and sit down and talk to both the guys and figure out, is this reparable, is it not? The GM, you know, can can Chris make Wallace, you know Jesus. like can make that kind of you know uh, that analysis. Is this reparable? Is it not? Obviously, they felt it wasn't. Mm. Um, it seems to me 
like given how much Fizz is, is loved and respected by his other former players, it seems crazy yeah. that it was really that far beyond for Gasol. Like as disrespected as he might have felt in that particular instance, that it was completely irreparable seems really crazy. It seems to suggest that one or two of these guys was being very, very unreasonable towards the other one. There, there must have been a lot of animosity there. Again, we don't know. We weren't there on the ground. Um, did they make the right choice? Yeah, you. Always, I think you always take the player. Mm. I think that Fizz is is, is a really really good coach i think he's not one of the very very few elite coaches there was some time yeah but he's young he's young he's, and he's a good coach but i, th- I think that the players are so much more important mm. than the coaches um and i think that there are a fair amount of of especially now young really smart good coaches that yeah. you can you can do that you keep gasol happy right. i mean that he's the centerpiece of the franchise so i think yes if it really was one or the other this is the only fucking way to do it but it seems like this doesn't happen to good franchises, you know? This doesn't happen to the Spurs Pop, or the Heat yeah, or like Popovich that. Popovich will take out his starters all the time. All like, the it, time. He'll just bring in a hockey rotation. Yeah. Five starters, you're not playing well in the fourth quarter. Sit down. He's notorious for watch. being yelled at uh, Tony Parker throughout his entire career. Right. Rode him incredibly hard. Tim Duncan was famous for being able to take it as well as the newest rookie on the team, Pops right. Rath. Like, he was just... But like I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's a line. There's, there's there's a degree to which Pop has earned that respect. Maybe Fizz, in that locker room, hadn't. But then why are all his former players shouting out on Twitter for things like that? It's very very bizarre, and it seems to me again like the well-run. This doesn't happen to well-run franchises. Yeah, it doesn't happen to franchises. There's some deeper play. problems. Yeah, it's weird. Like we get into like we look at the players, we look at rosters, we get really obsessed with that. We look at general manager. We look. We talk about the importance of a GM and the coach, and then and then we rarely talk about the importance of ownership. But the teams that have the strongest foundation run from the top to the bottom. Right. It's the ownership that is is strong, is in place. They know what they're doing, and that and they and they delegate properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, yeah. It, it is a balance. It's not just you hire the guy and you walk away, a la yeah. James Dolan. James Dolan. It, it, there is like a balance where you need to be involved and you need to be holding people accountable. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also, you don't franchise. want to be making decisions like yeah. drafting Jimmy uh, <laughs> Fredette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Call like, yeah. like, you, you yeah, make these kind of decisions. There's you, the new owner disease, the new owner syndrome. But like as much as much shit as Joe Lacob gets, deservedly so for that. The ridiculous quotes about himself in that profile. About uh, how I he's mean, light years ahead of the league. Light years ahead. We are making incredible decisions. Oh, it had nothing to do with Steph Curry's ankles being broke, so we signed a below market contract. Nothing to do with. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you guys are light years ahead. Ah, uh, light years. Um, Draymond, you weren't starting Draymond Green for years until David Lee got hurt and finally he was thrust into starting duty, and we found out he was amazing. Like light years right. ahead. Um, he still is like he's still a a a, a good owner. Like, that's a good owner. Sure. You know, he invests in the right things. Right. You know, like, I, he, he should talk less <laughs> to, to newspapers, for sure. But he's a fucking good owner. And that and that team from top to bottom, through him, through Bob Myers, the GM, and And, and he's the, fiery. Like, no. he's, he's fiery without being sort of, like, controversial. Except for that one, obviously, very controversial statement about being so much smarter than the rest of the NBA. But, like... Well, you read that whole he, article. He, it's just, like, it's like a guy just smelling his own farts. It's a guy <laughs> with his comforter over his head, smelling his farts at night. And just like, Dutch oven of himself. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you have this sort of like slack, just imagine a listener at home, just imagine your boss is just there in Italy for two weeks or yeah. your boss is just like, they're doing a part-time night job. Like they're hosting a podcast or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they just come in there tired every day and they don't give a fuck. Like how much are you going to slack off? How much is your work? 
yeah. kind of stuff. Or like, you, how you, much you of those accountability things, yeah. all the way down? Like, it really does matter. Like, the guy above me is really smart, and he's not putting pressure on me. But if I fuck up, he might. Like, yeah. you kind of need that. Yeah. I so, mean, another thing that speaks to this kind of organizational instability is the, the their appointment of interim coach. J.B. Bickerstaff. Holy fuck. Renowned as the, the Renowned. former interim coach after <laughs> Kevin McCann was fired. And was, it turned in one of the least competent coaching performances seen in recent NBA history. His teams, like, they, like, I don't know if all five guys were cherry-picking or they just didn't know what getting back on defense was. But there was, it was an abomination. They were written, they were mocked roundly in this Zach Lowe profile of JB at practice screaming, get back, get back. We practiced getting back the first 40 minutes of every practice. And they, and they just don't play. It was crazy. It was crazy. This guy is not a good coach. In one of the greatest videos I've ever seen, uh, Dwight Howard comes out to shoot a free throw. His hands are covered in tar. <laughs> he goes to shoot and one of the other players like they yeah, haven't told him to touch that ball like yeah. it's sticky as fuck yeah. and then you just see Jamie Bickerstaff stick his foot out and slide a metal bucket of tar <laughs> back under the seat and, and they claim and they never had trouble they said oh this is common practice in the NBA I've just never seen it any other time <laughs> and I've never seen a coach yeah, slide back a metal bucket of like tar uh, it just is so wild and it's yeah. so ridiculous and the ball was so <laughs> sticky it was like the caramel apple ball like this is like, pitchers you... use tar to like get grip so they can throw like an 80 mile an hour fucking curveball that breaks of tar, right? you know something like that and like you don't almost people don't need it for a 15 foot foul shot like it's you just, don't need to coat the ball it's just straight <laughs> forward where, where your just, fingers go put a dab your or something, hands are the but... size of a dinner plate already like how do you not just like just shoot well like yeah it is uh, so uh, so, so J.B. Bickerstaff, now the coach. And uh, uh, LeBron James speaking out, like, what's going on? Vince Carter on Twitter. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. No association. Yeah, just being like, what's going on? Fizdale, a lot of respect from around the Fall league. Guy. I mean, this guy's going to land on his feet, it seems like. You don't oh, have that much sure. love from the players, and, like, this guy's going to land on his feet. He's going to collect $5 million over the next two years. Don't mind if I do. And then, uh, yeah, land a pretty good job. And it's nice when you're getting that paycheck because then you can really kind of wait it out like, like mm-hmm. Thibodeau did. You know, he just yeah. he traveled around. He went to all the training camps and yeah. coaches and kind of went found, to Europe. found yeah. a nice little spot. Sam, I want to get to like a little bit of a bigger picture and then we'll stop mm-hmm. talking about coaching, the yeah. least interesting part of the NBA. Yeah. Is, <laughs> we, haven't talked about it. we haven't talked about team physicians yet. That's <laughs> so in college, coaches have all of the power. Yeah. And uh, especially like college football where the coaches make about about six million dollars a year for yeah. the elite program, and the players make about uh, about zero dollars a year. So, <laughs> so you, you see this couple clear, suitcases. Yeah. You see this clear, clear, clear power. Like there's no power struggle. There's a clear, mm. defined line. Yeah. And you go to the NBA, and you know Matthew Dellavedova makes twice as much as Jason Kidd. Yeah. And if you are a player with any power any influence, you could probably like pry your coach out of their job yeah. except for a few coaches. And I hate the idea that a team that's lost seven games in a row mm-hmm. and their backups and their, their 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 bench unit is playing the way the coach wants to play it. I hate the idea that the coach can't ride that bench unit or the coach can't sit one starter. Like mm-hmm. I mean, isn't this the role of the coach? Like, if you're just playing the highest-paid guys because they're the highest-paid guys, like, mm. I could do that. 
Yeah. Hire me. Yeah, hire me, yeah. Give me, just give me that poverty line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just 30,000, just, just right above the poverty line. 48 minutes? I can do division. I can be like, all right, yeah, okay, LeBron gets 36. All right, boom, boom, yeah, this is a simple division at that point. Right, yeah. but, like, shouldn't a coach be given the freedom where they're allowed to be, like, you know, let's take the Bucks, Like, Giannis, tonight you're playing 42 minutes. Uh, Middleton, it's just a bad matchup for you. Your opposing guy is just too big for you. You're yeah. playing 12. Like, you know, yeah. or, or just, like, mix, mixing it up. Like, bench guys and starters. Like, why are you not allowed to, like, be creative and, and try new things? Mm. Especially in the NBA where it's so competitive. This is going back to trick plays, right? You're trying to talk about trick plays. So, <laughs> I, got a, I got a really good trick play for you. But <laughs> respond to what I said first. I think, I, I think I it goes back to what we were talking about before, which is that the, uh, which is what you talked about. Like, a... The coaches are paid more than the are paid less than the players. Not even close. So the players have this kind of power over them, but that power is negated if the organization is clearly behind the coach, and that goes in a line from yep. the coach to the general manager. Is the general manager invested in the coach? This is why you see situations where the new GM comes in, and the coach wasn't hired by that GM. Uh, that coach. See ya. See ya. R e colon. L.A. Clippers, uh, you have a situation where the coach maybe doesn't seem to have that kind of like background and authority anymore. And even more so, even if the GM is behind the coach, if the ownership isn't fully invested in the team, that creates even more dysfunction. Because again, those players are the highest paid employees of the organization. And so they're going to see things all the way up the ladder. Right? If you're making $22 million a year, you know the owner's name. You know all the way. You know the situation with the ownership. You know the, with these weird power struggles when minority owners are trying to buy your team. You know how that affects things. So the coaches regain their power by organizational infrastructure, by support, Absolutely. by the infrastructure that surrounds those things. So this certainly is a dilemma that the coaches are, are, on a day, are paid less than the players they interact with on a day-to-day basis. But when the whole organization is geared behind that coach, it's much less of an issue. And yeah. that's why you see these the dysfunctional coaching situations happen to bad franchises. Exactly. Over right. and over again. Very well put. And the good franchises doesn't, doesn't happen, yeah. So I have another entry into my Matt Von Ryan's Trick Play Hall of Fame. Yeah. This is one somehow I missed. It happened last year. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play that. I know it's an audio podcast, but uh, you can watch at home and we'll kind of narrate a little yeah. bit. This is Huertas, the, uh, the like 38-year-old point guard who played one year for the Young Lakers last Qu- year is he for Spanish? some reason. Is Spanish or Portuguese? It sounds like... Something like that. Yeah. I, I thought he was from South America, but anyways, he, he came for one year. Clearly a sneaky foreigner. His hairline receded a little bit more, and, and uh, he was out of the league. But, uh, so <laughs> he's got this great play. It's called Huertas Hides Behind Spolstra for the Steel. It's pretty amazing. So I'm going to set it up, then we're going to play the audio, and listen at home. Yeah. I'll make this quick. But uh, Lou Williams is shooting a free throw, and the Lakers are standing around. Huertas decides to go out of bounds, which is completely illegal. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be the first person to touch the ball after you come out of bounds. But if you're on defense, it's completely illegal to go out mm-hmm. of bounds. He goes out of bounds, and he hides behind Miami coach. <laughs> Spolstra. <laughs> Not a big man to hide behind, but yeah, Miami, wearing Miami, a bright yellow jersey. <laughs> I believe Williams hits the three. Miami will inbound the uh, free throw, and then uh, as they're dribbling up, they will they will get a surprise. And uh, right, I'll, so I'll here play comes right the here. Uh, here comes the the free throw. Yeah. 
Misses the free throw. Bring it, up. bring it up. Dragic. Oh, Hertes. <laughs> <laughs> Comes from behind and pickpockets. Rewind that. Rewind. I gotta see. We're all the way to the beginning. I gotta see. Where is he? He's behind the coach. He's literally. You gotta look to the left of the. Oh my god. That is hilarious. He is literally hiding. That is so amazing. Bertis, welcome to the Mavon Ryan Trick Play Hall of Fame. That's a genius one. Why don't players do it more often? That I, is so I good. just say, like, he's literally trick plays always work. Trick plays like, always work. It's like when, like, you have, like, a cat that will hide behind the window, like, curtains or whatever like that, and, like, you can see his tail, like, outside, but the cat thinks he's hiding. That's what Hurtis looks like. He's, like, he's stuck behind him, but he's wearing a bright yellow jersey. Like, I know you think we can't see you, but it worked. It worked. Dragic didn't see him coming. He goes behind for the steal. Wow. And this, I mean, imagine you hide behind your own coach. Imagine you play for Stan Van Gundy. He doesn't to hide behind him. <laughs> Yeah, he's a wide guy. Drone could fit behind him if it was horizontally. Absolutely. <laughs> trick plays always work. Let's see more. More trick plays NBA. Come on, set your liberty. Let's get it going. All right, our last topic for the day. We're going to talk about uh, the James family. Yeah. The King James is playing this league, and uh, there's been a lot of talk recently about uh, his, his, his son. How old is his son currently? So his son is 13. All right. So... Uh, there's a couple of factors to to consider. What Sam and I are trying to figure out is, will LeBron James play on the same team as his son? Yeah. Or in the same league, but I like it on the same team. Yeah. So, there's a couple of So you like the consider. league. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, first of all, if he does one and done, that's mm -hmm. six years. So, does LeBron have six more years in his tank? You can, you can cut out to five if he reclassifies. Remember, right. this is what everyone's fucking doing now. They're reclassifying. So let's cut it to five years because LeBron... You can cut you know it LeBron. shorter if Adam Silver changes the one-and-done rule. Interesting. So th there's that factor too. But we'll, let's keep it at five years. Let's keep five years conservatively. LeBron James is currently 32. Mm -hmm. Does he play to 37, 38? Vince um, Carter's 40. What's LeBron James going to be doing? Like, how is he not like... Unless he just is like... Is, is, is so into an external project if it's just like if clutch entertainment becomes so big i guess i don't know He's writing a script for the wb like i mean but he can always get wb we're bringing back brandy we're bringing out the brandy show brandy part two uh it's, it's all male cast all males male brandy <laughs> the worst show ever um uh, like unless he's just so in, but the thing is like it's almost like he can always do that later. He's such a player dedicated to his, he's so dedicated to his legacy that I don't know if he would have like those Jordan Wizards years. I don't know, I don't know. I think his next team is gonna be Jordan Wizards years. Like if he goes to the Seventy Sixers or the Lakers, maybe he's the like Lakers top, are okay. But like he's if like he goes to some three random MVP team this year, like, I know. Like I don't think he's slowing down as a player. I don't think he's gonna. Be, you think he's Jordan? You think he's Jordan Jordan Wizards next year? If he was going to cheap, in the fact that it's like it's weird and it's awkward and it shouldn't be here and why are you mm. here? That not like the talent level. I, yeah. I, okay. I, I think yeah, like his talent level, it's crazy. It hasn't hasn't dipped at all. Like he might be the MVP this this year. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. I think. So do you agree that in five years? He's Does he go to Mexico or do his like these yeah, people do that for him? Oh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, no. I know the yeah, NBA has a rigorous uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs testing program. Absolutely rigorous. Twice a year. Yeah, they test you. They, they test you twice a year and they tell you in advance. Uh, but they tell you like, but they're like they're still sneaky about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, juice. Uh, fucking. Um, so first thing is LeBron James playing in five years. I would guess yeah. If he gun to my head, I say yes. 
Okay, so I watched a lot of video on LeBron James Jr. yesterday. Yeah. And uh, he's not very tall. He's about 5'10". But he's only yeah. 13. So far. So he was a lot taller than I was when I was 13. LeBron was like 6'4 when he was 13, though, right? He was a fucking giant. So just running down his stats. He's 13. Youngin. I'm much older than him. Way more mature. He's 5'10". I'm way taller than him. Yeah. His net worth? $150 million. What? Holy fuck. What? <laughs> it's a lot more money than I got. <laughs> LeBron James Jr. is a rich motherfucker. Yeah, I was looking at his stats. What is his net worth? How, what, how, how's it his net worth? It's probably a, a, a three-way division of his father's network. Oh, okay. I would guess. Like, Christ. Unless he's got like, a popular YouTube channel. It's not like that. He's on Twitch. He's, he's, he's he bought he's, Bitcoin really early. He plays He plays Call of Duty on YouTube. <laughs> like, what's going on? It would be awesome if he plays like NBA 2K18 as his father. <laughs> just like Dude, yeah. smokes fools. Just play video games on YouTube. That's how you make money. But uh, he, 17. He, <laughs> man, Never felt older faster. He's He's got the handles, man. He's yeah. got the it. I don't know if he's going to grow tall enough. Yeah. It's hard to. I've never scouted thirteen-year-olds before. <laughs> it's not really my style. I try not to like lurk middle schools, but uh, he he's legit. So many like, comments. I'm biting my tongue out. Right <laughs> he's playing in the AAU circuit, and he is just he's above everyone else. Like he he doesn't have the size, so he can't dominate. But his skill level, his handle, and his step back, mm. it's insane. I think he's an NBA player for sure. Damn, he, he already looks better than. At least two of the Ball brothers. Looks <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> better than both of last year's top two draft picks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I believe that he's going to be one or done. Mm. Or if Adam Silver changes the rule. I think if they change it, there'll be some G League rule. So he probably won't make it to the league. Yeah. There's got to be some. Until like some one year. Thing, yeah. so, to so, protect that crazy high school. But straight to, yeah. I see it happening. But the problem is there's 30 teams. And he's going to get drafted somewhere. Mm-hmm. I wonder, will LeBron James Sr. follow his son, go yeah. to that team? I mean, because it's fair to say, like, LeBron James could still be playing, like, a Dwayne Wade role, like a six-man, yeah. you know, 20 minutes a game in five years. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, if he wants to play, like, I feel like LeBron, like, he could play, like, if he just becomes, like, Karl Malone. <laughs> like, he can play until he's probably 45. Mm. Like, if he's just like, now I'm just going to be a 6 eight guy who shoots, like, turnaround jumpers or something like that, and, the, and this post guy's up and plays right. 10 minutes a game or something like that. Like, he he, he could play for forever. Yeah, sit he's back to so back. He's so good. Yeah, he's so incredible. Um, it's just, you know, NBA players always say it's not the games, it's what it takes to be ready for the games. Right. That's the thing. So, like, how long does LeBron want to do that? Is playing with his son something that motivates him? Uh, and what does his son mature into the thing? I like the the wider bet. Does he play on a team with his son? Because right. I, I like that. That's more interesting. I like that one. I like you know the, introducing this starting lineup for the Shanghai Sharks, two thousand and thirty one. <laughs> LeBron James, LeBron James Jr. All right, Shanghai Sharks, let's go. E. Jenglian stills in there. If I can post him up on chairs, we got that Mongolian guy. The Angelo Ball is probably back in China by that point. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah be that's a good way to sell shoes, right? be an interesting season so i would say uh over under does lebron james play on the same team as his son at some point you can define teams over rally they're definitely gonna be at least on like an nba like all-star slash charity something team they'll definitely play on the that same court insane. together at some point <laughs> the all-star game if they both make that i don't know if they make the all-star game but i'd say like they're, they're like the celebrity game like they will play on the same team at some point on an nba team i don't know i think i would guess no sam how many son and father combos have played Together at the same time in the NBA. In the NBA? Yeah. Christ. 
any one? No, zero. Zero, <laughs> yeah. Zero. But say we, the berries would be the only like the berries, uh, but not, not that they were way too far apart. And one of the berries. closer ones was Kobe Bryant. He uh, played. Oh. He started in nineteen ninety six. His father retired in ninety two. Oh, that's about as close as it gets in the NBA. But, that's uh, interesting. Fact. You know, nice research. Yeah. You know, King Griffey Jr. and King Griffey Sr., they played together. But baseball has always been a, a yeah. league where you can play later on. You can play with your fucking 80. But now NBA has kind of developed to that. Before it hasn't been. Before mm-hmm. it's been when you're 32, like, you're kind of like your athleticism goes. Yeah. The, the training and the rehabilitation and the yeah. medical staff just haven't been there. So I think now we're seeing more and more of it. I think Plus you will. Tinder, yeah. like people yeah. are getting pregnant younger and younger. Younger and younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of NBA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you like, have your first kid at fifteen. You make the NBA by eighteen. You you can play with your kid. You <laughs> league at seventeen. Yeah. Like, it's got to make sure you you knock up an athlete. <laughs> so yeah, you, you yeah. get him on there. Yeah, yeah. I like that we we talk. Yeah, definitely the. Um, I mean, yeah, testosterone replacement therapy. These guys are gonna stay. I guess stay stay young later. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting. It's been an amazing season to watch so far. We're almost a quarter of the way through the year. Mm. Cheers to Dunky very much. Making it a quarter of the way through the year. We're still on air. Haven't still shut down. Air. Haven't shut down. We're still Shout doing. Shout out to our sponsors. Yeah. The, the local dumpling store around the corner. Yeah, the uh, Young Home Milk King. They'll give us a free soy milk after this podcast for doing it in the neighborhood. Uh, anyway, uh, that's that's it for tonight for Dunky Very Much. Uh, it's been our pod. If you liked what you heard, hit us up. Uh, DunkyVeryMuchPod at gmail.com. DunkyVeryMuchPod on Twitter. DunkyVeryMuchPod is our Facebook page. Look for part two of the Brandon Thompson interview. That's going to be dropping real soon. Uh, that's it for us tonight. Matt, anything else to go out on? That's it. Hey, peace, Thanks guys. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.